Welcome to Tamimi Talks, an insightful podcast series on the latest legal news and developments across the Middle East and North Africa. Hello everyone, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Tamimi Talks. I'm Sabrina Saxena, a senior associate in our UAE-based employment and incentives practice, and I'm joined by my colleagues Mohsin Khan and Patrick Earl, and I'll allow both of them to introduce themselves. Yes, hi, I'm Patrick Earl, and I'm the Chief Operating Officer at Altamimi & Company. I'm Mohsin Khan, a senior counsel based in the Saudi employment and incentives practice. So in this episode of Tamimi Talks, we consider the measures put in place by the UAE, Saudi and Qatar governments to reduce the spread of COVID-19. And we'll also touch on how these measures apply to the healthcare sector. Now, one of the main initiatives adopted over the last couple of years was the requirement to work from home and not attend the office. And with the rollout of the vaccine and the booster, there has now been a relaxation on the requirement to work from home and many employees have returned to work from the office. I guess from a UAE perspective, there's no requirement for employees to be vaccinated in order to return to the office. Um, although Abu Dhabi has confirmed a requirement that all employees, irrespective of whether they're vaccinated or unvaccinated, employed in the private sector must take a PCR test every 14 days to ensure that they remain COVID free. I highlight that there hasn't been any similar guidance issued in Dubai or in any of the other Emirates. And in Qatar, it's a similar position to the UAE in that it's not mandatory for employees to be vaccinated. However, employees who are neither fully vaccinated nor have recovered from COVID do need to undertake weekly COVID tests, whether that's a rapid antigen test or a PCR test. Mosin, are you able to provide some clarity in respect of the position in Saudi? Sure, thanks Sabrina. So the position in Saudi, like all of the countries around the world, has evolved with the changing circumstances arising from the pandemic. Initially, the Saudi authorities imposed a strict lockdown measures, which required both public and private sector employees to work from home. For most sectors, those restrictions were lifted by June 2020, and employees were permitted to return to work, albeit that employers had to ensure a number of preventive measures were implemented to minimize the risk of infection in the workplace. Following the lifting of restrictions, many employers continued to implement remote working arrangements, particularly multinational companies who were adopting remote working arrangements across the different countries that they operated in. More recently, we've seen the implementation of decisions from the Saudi authorities requiring mandatory vaccinations, and we'll discuss those in more detail shortly. Due to the vaccination drive and with the current rate of full vaccination standing at approximately 70% of the eligible population, most employers in, in different sectors have now either returned to the office full-time or have implemented some form of flexible or hybrid working arrangements. Cool. Thanks, Mason. That's really interesting. I mean, given that the COVID regulations and the vaccine requirements vary so much from country to country, I imagine that it's quite challenging from a business perspective to manage that return-to-work position across each regional office. Patrick, it would be quite interesting to hear how Altamimi, for example, has managed this variation across its offices from a business perspective. Yeah, uh, thanks, Serena. It hasn't been easy, you're right. And uh, I think I'd, I'd like to highlight two main challenges. Uh, firstly, there's the, the human factor. So in an organisation like ours, where you've got close to 1,000 people across nine different countries, you're dealing with many different individual perspectives uh, in terms of how they view the pandemic and also many different personal circumstances. And so uh, from a business perspective, you try to establish management policies that work for the business, but also which will land well with the majority. Um, but of course, you're never going to please everyone. 
Um, so this is a this is the first challenge. And then the second challenge uh, was really the fast pace of change in the regulations and the variations from country to country, as you've highlighted. And uh, despite the challenges, we were always mindful of our most important obligation, which is to protect the health and safety of our employees in the workplace. And it, I, I can't stress enough how important it is that employers really consider their obligations prior to, to forcing um, employees to return to the office uh, full time. Yeah, I think that's really important. And of course, this is also particularly prevalent in the healthcare sector, where obviously a large proportion of employees are often exposed to individuals who may be infected with COVID-19. So, for example, patients or caregivers and so on. I just wanted to turn back briefly to the vaccination requirements across the UAE, Qatar and Saudi that we briefly touched upon at the beginning, because this is a bit of a hot topic at the moment, and we are often being asked as to whether or not employers really have the ability to enforce a mandatory requirement for employees to be vaccinated prior to their return to office. Mohsin, I wonder, are you able to provide us with an insight in respect to Saudi? Sure. Um, And in short, the answer is yes. Employees in Saudi have to be fully vaccinated in order to attend the workplace. And the same applies to visitors as well to the workplace. The mandatory vaccination requirement comes from a number of decisions issued by the Saudi authorities over the past year or so. Initially, there is a requirement to receive the first dose of a vaccine by the beginning of August last year to be permitted to enter the workplace. That requirement then changed to being fully vaccinated in order to attend the workplace. And that was effective from October last year. More recently, and um, with effect from the 1st of February this year, employees now also need to receive the booster vaccine if it's been eight months since they received the second dose. Any employees that aren't fully vaccinated or haven't received the booster, if it's a requirement for them, uh, are not permitted to enter the workplace. The only exception to this is if um, any individuals have received an exemption from receiving the vaccine from the Ministry of Health, which at the moment, as we understand it, will only be granted on medical grounds. So um, as these are government mandated requirements, uh, which apply beyond the workplace, employers don't really have flexibility or discretion as to how they're applied. That is really interesting because the UAE and Qatar position contrasts quite significantly with the position that you just outlined in Saudi. I mean, in Qatar and and the UAE, given that the requirement to take the vaccine is not mandatory, employees can choose whether to take the vaccine. And and so an employer can't legally force its employees to do so. From the other side, and notwithstanding that, employers have an obligation to protect the health and safety of their employees in the workplace. And therefore, I guess employers could argue that an employee's refusal to take the vaccine would result in the employer breaching its obligations. So you can see that there is a clear conflict between an employee's right to choose whether to be vaccinated and the employer's health and safety obligations. I would recommend, though, that employers are mindful that there are a number of reasons as to why employees may not be able to take the vaccines. For example, where an employee has certain health conditions arising from compromised immune systems and many medical practitioners in those scenarios are advising employees not to take the vaccine. Now, the requirement to take the vaccine should be considered on a case-by-case basis with respect to each employee's personal situation. So in addition to their role, the levels of risk of contracting or passing on the virus in the workplace, for example. So now if we look at this from a healthcare perspective, I guess requiring doctors and frontline workers to be vaccinated could be considered as reasonable due to the high risk nature of their work the fact that being vaccinated in those circumstances really is essential to the prevention of the spread of the virus and the protection of their patients. 
On the other hand, for administrative staff or employees who say have limited contact with other individuals, it may be more difficult for an employer to show that that instruction is reasonable and justified. Yes, I agree, Sabrina, absolutely. Um, it's very different in the kind of business that I work in as Chief Operating Officer of a, of a law firm. It's, it's not the same as, as in the healthcare sector, but if I could give my perspective from a general business perspective, at the executive board level, we did actually discuss whether we should introduce a mandatory vaccination requirement, but in the end, we didn't feel that this was proportionate based on the circumstances in which we found ourselves. Of course, at that time, we had other measures in place um, that we'd adopted to help manage um, COVID within the office and we were constantly monitoring the number of cases that we were registering. Um, I think had the number of cases dramatically uh, increased, we might have taken a different approach, but thankfully that didn't happen. So we didn't have to introduce that mandatory vaccination requirement. Thanks, Patrick. That is very insightful. And I think, you know, given that most, if not all employees have now kind of uh, returned to working from the office or maybe have uh, introduced a concept of half working from the office and half working from home and given that the obligation on employers to maintain various COVID restrictions as well as there's an ongoing obligation to protect the health and safety of employees I wonder Patrick whether you're able to shed any light on how this can be managed given that these rules and regulations vary from country to country. Yeah, I mean, I think the most important elements there are effective communication and coordination across your different offices, across the different countries. Um, so at a very early stage in the pandemic, we established a, a cross-functional, cross-jurisdictional crisis management team. And that team was, was their, their role was crucial uh, in terms of how we managed the pandemic. And it was a focal point for all of the key decisions and the actions that we took as a business. So um, establishing the crisis management team, it was an extremely important step. And if there's one action I would recommend to those in management positions faced with similar circumstances in the future, it would be, it would be that. From a Saudi perspective, despite the mandatory vaccination requirement to attend the workplace, both employers and employees are still required to comply with the various precautionary measures that were implemented by the Saudi authorities to curb the spread of the virus earlier in the pandemic. Those include a requirement for employees to wear masks in shared areas within the workplace to observe social distancing, for employers to ensure that hand sanitizers are available and so on. Although the number of new cases in Saudi have been falling in recent weeks, we expect that these precautionary measures are going to remain in place for at least the immediate future. Yeah, exactly. And it's important, I guess, to highlight that from a UAE perspective, the UAE authorities have confirmed that the fact that the vaccine is being administered with approximately 80-85% of the population already having received the vaccination to date. This doesn't mean that the protection measures fall away. So employers have to therefore continue to ensure that they have taken all necessary health and safety measures recommended by the UAE authorities for the workplace, including any specific measures required for the employee's role. So it includes the requirement obviously to wear face masks, to socially distance and so on. In Qatar, there is also a specific obligation for all individuals to activate the Etheraz app, which is a government-mandated smartphone app that residents and visitors to Qatar have to install upon leaving home. Patrick, just to come back to you, it would be interesting to hear from you what key trends you're seeing across businesses with respect to kind of new business models. Since COVID and the requirement to work from home, Mohsen and I regularly receive questions in respect of adopting flexible working models such as 
kind of remote working, flexible hour type approaches. I wonder whether you're noticing any key trends from a business perspective or whether you have any market intel that might be helpful to highlight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think, um, well, my comments uh, are more geared towards office-based businesses like ourselves. It's, um, I appreciate in the healthcare sector, it might be a little bit different, but um, the trend is very much towards hybrid working models. So this means that um, employees spend part of their week working from home, part of their week working from the office. And that flexibility gives employees the chance to benefit from the best of both worlds. Um, but the exact split of office working to home working may vary from individual to individual. But what I, what I could say in terms of market intel is that uh, the market surveys generally show that uh, most people want to work from home one to two days per week and the rest of the time in the office. But as I say, that does vary from individual to individual and, and a lot of businesses are adopting a fully flexible approach um, whereby they, they tailor their options to the individual's uh, sort of personal needs. Yeah, and in the UAE, we have seen that the labor authorities have also sought to push the UAE forward in terms of developing new flexible and atypical working models such as part-time, flexible working, remote working, job sharing, and actually even self-employment. And this is a really important new development that will vastly change the existing employment landscape that we've come to know. And it's clear from the changes that are being made that the UAE is proactively implementing these different types of working arrangements to promote and increase business. Yeah, and, and similarly in Saudi, we're aware that many employers are now implementing more flexible working arrangements, certainly compared to before the pandemic, where it was generally rare to find anything other than full office working arrangements. Um, but whilst there haven't been any official changes to laws or applicable regulations in, in KSA relating to remote working arrangements, we understand the authorities here have also recognized that remote or hybrid working arrangements are now more commonly practiced than before the pandemic. It obviously remains to be seen whether that position or whether the position of the authorities will change over the longer term. Uh, and whether there may be any updates to the applicable regulations on remote working in KSA. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Mosin. For our listeners, um, are there any top tips or advice, Patrick, that you can share from kind of an operational or business perspective? Yeah, a couple of things come to mind from an operational perspective. Um, so firstly, it's the importance of establishing a really solid uh, policy framework for the business. Um, and to ensure that that's properly communicated to your teams. Um, I think the, uh, the worst thing that can happen um, is that you've got all of these changes going on and then employees don't really understand what the company's position is in respect to, uh, to those changes. So communication um, is absolutely key. And um, the, the second thing is really around building flexibility into your workplace design and technology. So if you're, if you're going for a flexible hybrid working model, um, you also need to consider um, things like how you're going to use your office space and the, uh, the, technology, uh, the technology changes that you're going to need to make to underpin that. So for example, in, in our business, um, we've just moved to a new premises um, in which we've adopted hybrid working. And there are a number of changes that have come along with that. For example, making sure that um, everyone can access their systems, whether it's from home or from the office, making sure that um, the printing technology is right so that wherever you're sitting within the, within the office, um, you have access to your printer. You know, all these kind of detailed um, uh, aspects that perhaps you don't think of 
when you're moving in this direction, um, uh, they all need to be considered uh, in order to successfully implement a hybrid working model. Absolutely, that's really interesting. And, and how do you see this position evolving over the coming months or coming years? Yeah, in terms of flexible working, I think it's, it's only going to go in one direction, and that's more flexibility supported by technology. You know, for example, we've already seen some law firms opening virtual offices in the metaverse, and that's probably a sign of things to come. So um, the next time we meet, it will probably be virtually rather than in person. It's all very exciting. Well, thank you, Patrick, and thank you, Mosin, for your insightful input on our podcast today. It's clear that in light of the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine, working life across the UAE, Saudi and Qatar is slowly starting to return to normal. And as a result of employees beginning to return to the office, it is important that employers continue to ensure that they remain compliant with their health and safety obligations towards their employees. This is particularly prevalent, as we mentioned in the healthcare industry, where a large number of employees are likely to come in contact with individuals infected by COVID-19. Care should therefore be taken to ensure the safety of employees and employers should be mindful of this when implementing any return to work arrangements. Thank you for listening to Tamimi Talks. Stay updated with all the latest legal news and developments on our social media channels.